Well, hey, and welcome back to the Dangerous Creatives Podcast. It is December, and we are so excited to have family around, to be slowing down a little bit, to have some time to really dig into our business in some different ways, and to focus on this podcast a little bit more, because this this podcast has really brought me so much joy over the last four years. And this last year, we've really put a lot more effort into it, spent a lot more time staying consistent. And it has been so fun to connect with y'all over these episodes. And um, I'm just really grateful that you continue to listen and download and share with your friends. And today's episode is our 100th episode. I cannot believe that we've recorded 100 of these. And if you've listened to every single one, let me know because that's impressive. And I'm so impressed with you. So glad that you're here and that you continue to tune in. Um, and I'm proud of all of our guests and everyone on our team and the way that we keep showing up for this podcast. So it has just been so fun for us. It's just such a fun creative project and we're really glad that you like it and that you've been sharing it and, um, that you come back each week. So thank you so much. Um, we cannot wait for next year's, um, next year's guests and episodes and, um, we have a couple more this year, but we're also kind of slowing down for the holidays, but just want to say a really heartfelt thank you to you that you keep tuning in, having me in your ears, um, listening to our guests, sharing it, all the things. We just couldn't do this without you. So thank you. In today's episode, we're talking about pricing, which is always a fun topic to go into. It is one of my specialties in coaching. I help people raise their pricing all the time, and it's one of my favorite things to talk about, although I know I say that like every time on this on this podcast, everything's my favorite, but this one really, really is, and um, so I'm excited to dive in to pricing today, and then next week's is going to be about portfolios. So make sure you listen to both of those. They definitely go together. Um, I've been lecturing at a university this year, and when I talk to some of the art students, I talk about pricing and portfolio in the same lecture because they're so tied together. They're so important. So um, make sure you listen to the next episode, too, if you're tuning into this one. Um, But a quick update for us. We are slowing down for December. We are um, making sure we spend a lot of time with our family over the holidays. We're also onboarding our mastermind group. We have two next year, one in the spring, one in the fall. And so we're onboarding the spring group here shortly. And we have such amazing photographers in this group. We cannot wait to work with them, uh, to collaborate with them towards raising their pricing, working on their education offer, and just fine-tuning all the things they already have going on that are already working so well for them. So we're really excited for that. Our fall group is going to be all creatives. So the spring is just photographers. Fall is all creatives, which is the way that I've run this program before. It's open to anyone that runs a service-based creative business. And so we're excited to see the two cohorts and how those work together too. So if you're interested in either one of those cohorts, make sure you reach out Um, before we get started with the first one, which is July 11th, or if you're interested in jumping in in August, I mean, uh, January 11th is the first one, and um, August is our second one. So make sure you reach out if you're interested in either of those. And we will be working remotely. I've said this before on here, but for the month of January, we're working remotely in Cartagena, Colombia, which I'm so excited about, a little nervous. We'll be recording this podcast from there while we're traveling. Um, And I've tried to, I've tried so hard to do a month in another country 
um, for several years now. And there keep kind of being things that come up that make us change course. Uh, COVID was one of those. We were going to be in Paris that summer and it changed course, obviously. Um, so we're excited to do this, to speak Spanish, to uh, learn a little bit about cooking Colombian food, to be by the beach in January instead of in uh rainy, cold Nashville. Um, so yeah, tune in to see how that goes. I'm a little nervous, honestly, but I'm also so excited. Um, and so excited to finally be moving forward on that, on that goal. And the other exciting update, (laughs) y'all are going to laugh. So when I do, there's this lecture that I do, um, that is about turning your creative, actually I put it on here, Doing your turning your creative passion into a sustainable income. And when I do it with a group, I always ask, like, what could you talk to people about all the time? Like, what are you really passionate about? A hobby or a special interest? You could just like talk someone's ear off of it, off, off about this thing. And like that's the thing that we take in this workshop and turn it into a business for them. Okay, most of y'all know this. My thing is matchmaking and dating. I am obsessed with swiping for people on Bumble. I'm obsessed with helping people make their dating profiles. And I love matchmaking. So (laughs) I kind of like, I had some motivation this week and had a few people who were feeling kind of lonely around the holidays. And I was like, you know what? We need to start connecting people. So I have been over on Instagram connecting people like crazy getting first dates on there, connecting texting threads. Um, I'm like a giddy schoolgirl. I'm just giggling all the time and I'm like, aha, they're talking. So anyways, that is totally the thing that I could talk about all the time. So that is has nothing to do with this podcast, but just a little funny update for me is that I'm just having the best time helping people connect this holiday season. So if you want to be connected with someone... Again, this is just my random hobby, but let me know because there is definitely a perfect person out there for you and I need to know about you and about them. But all kind of joking aside, um, dating and marketing are so similar and I think it's the reason that I like both of those things so much. And a bunch of you came to our vision workshop in December where we talked about planning a year, getting a vision for our life and our business, and kind of figuring out how to break it down into some goals. In February, I think I'm going to do a workshop about um, dating profiles and marketing. So if you want to come to our dating and marketing workshop, you don't have to be single to come to this. It's more just like we're going to look at Instagram profiles and dating profiles and talk about what makes a good profile, what we need to have on our websites for good marketing, and kind of look at those two or three things through the lens of like how do you attract people in business and in life. Um, I think they're the same thing. So if you want to come to that, bring your Bumble profile bring your Instagram profile, bring your LinkedIn profile, and we're going to talk about it. And I'm so excited. I do not have a sign up link for it yet. I will eventually. Um, But let me know if that sounds fun to you and I'll start getting that stuff together. Okay. So let's dive into the topic for today, which is pricing. Cause I'm hoping a lot of, a lot of you, a lot of us 
are reconsidering our pricing right now. We're going into a new year. We know we want to um, maybe make some more money next year or take a few less clients than we did this year. And we're reevaluating our pricing for a lot of different reasons. So today we're going to talk about so much. And I'm like looking through my notes. I'm like, oh my gosh, this stuff is so good. I cannot wait to get it in your ears. So um, we're going to talk about psychology of pricing. We're going to talk about how to make something really valuable, Um, figuring out how to price by working backwards from your goals, how to evaluate your capacity, uh, keeping expenses low and predictable, planning for slow months and regulating our nervous systems. Ooh, that always happens. We always need that when we're raising our prices, don't we? Um, Finding aligned partners and taking good care of them and And yeah, we're going to talk about all of it. So that's a little quick overview on what we're going to talk about today. And I'm going to dive into each of those topics as we go. But if you've been enjoying this podcast, like I said, it's our 100th episode. It would mean so much if you either send me a message and tell me, really, it means so much when you do that. When I get a note saying, hey, I really love listening to these, or I really loved this specific episode. It really is motivating. It's motivating to keep making these. It just is so nice to hear. Or um, rate or review the podcast. Those help a lot. I always like giggle when I see a new review come in. Y'all are so kind. So if um, if you're willing to do one of those things, I would be so, so grateful. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. And we're going to get started on our pricing workshop. So I first just want to mention that pricing is such a tough, a touchy topic because I think it brings up a lot of our own fears and pains around our own childhood or our own um, growing up or just the things that we believe about the world. It it makes us consider what makes us think we should be saying we're valuable. It makes us think back to um, you know when we felt like we were excluded from a cool group and like if we try to raise our prices or we now saying like we're too cool for you there's all these kind of thoughts that come up when we are starting to move in our pricing that we really have to consider and we have to deal with and a lot of times have to process through with someone else and be like why is this a thing that is keeping me stuck. So I just want to say that that is a super, super common thing to come up when we're working through a pricing raise is to have all these things where you're like, why am I thinking about that thing that happened when I was in middle school? It's so common because it's really tied to these pieces of our identity and our story and these things that we've always said that we believed and we have to work through them in a way that is consistent with our with our being. So if this is a hard topic for you, just know that it is for everybody and there's a lot of different reasons why talking about our own value is hard for us. If you listened to the episode Rose and I did about um, recovering from religious trauma, that can be one reason that raising pricing can be really hard too, is these things that are really ingrained in us about how we should act, who we should be, Um, what we should charge to be a good person, a lot of those things really come up when we start moving forward with our business. Um, So even if um, religion isn't something that has has created this for us, there's a lot of other things in society, um, a lot of other reasons why 
this is hard. So I um, just want to have a little shout out to this, um, this program that I've loved that is um, kind of self-hypnosis that has helped work through um, some of the things that come up around pricing. To Be Magnetic, they have an app um, and it's like a membership and you listen to recordings that kind of help. It's like a meditation, but I've really enjoyed those and I found them super helpful along with therapy and reprogramming some of these self-worth things that come up anytime we talk about pricing. So um, just know that it's not all... Um, it's not all just business strategy. There's a lot of psychological reasons why this is hard too. So as we talk about psychological things behind pricing, let's jump into the psychology of pricing. So we'll kind of leave some of the mindset stuff to the professionals, therapists, and um, if you want to explore some self-hypnosis, um, you know, definitely do that. But let's jump into kind of like the psychology around pricing tiers and the reason why we don't just have to raise our price $50 at a time. And there's a lot more that we can do strategically as we're raising our prices. So when we jump into being a photographer or a creative, a lot of times we're just looking around and seeing what other people are charging and basing what we charge on that number. So maybe the first wedding you did was a couple hundred dollars. Mine was $500. It was the amount that I felt comfortable charging for the first one plus what my friend could pay, and we just agreed on that number. And um, there wasn't a whole lot of reason behind it. And I think at the beginning that makes a lot of sense. You're wanting to get experience. You're wanting to build your portfolio. Um, I did a lot of photo shoots for free at the beginning. And anytime I've done a new business, my coaching business, I coached for free for a long time, um, just like I did photography for free for a long time before I felt confident enough to start charging. And once you're ready to run a business, we really don't have to start so low and inch up. We can set a price based on our time, our experience, the quality that we're delivering, our portfolio. There's a lot of things that go into it. And when I'm working with a client on a pricing intensive or in the mastermind, we take a lot of those things into consideration as we're setting prices and as we're up-leveling pricing. They have to go along with your experience and your location and your portfolio and all these things. But I think one of the things that I see people do and it's super normal, is to think like I need to set a price and then slowly, slowly raise because I don't want to lose clients or I don't want to upset anybody or I don't want to look greedy or whatever the thought is. And we slowly inch our prices up instead of kind of making these really intentional strategic moves to move from one um, position in the market to another. So one of the things that I think is really interesting about our brains is that we start categorizing different prices into different tiers and our brains like to round up to certain numbers. That's why like, you know, $7.99 is what you might see at Walmart for something instead of $8. We we justify to ourselves that that's a $7 thing just because of the 99 or it's more affordable somehow. So that's one example of using price, pricing psychology in the other direction, but there's also thinking thinking strategically about different tiers of pricing. So for example, like $500 is a tier, $1,000 is a tier, 
$2,500 is a tier, $5,000 is a tier, and then the next tier is $10,000. So our brain is jumping from $5,000 to $10,000, from $10 to $20 or $25, from $25 to $50, and from $50 to $100. So you see as the numbers get bigger, our the spaces in between them get bigger as well. So Someone uh, is going to have usually like a $5,000 budget or a $10,000 budget. And there's a lot of room in the middle that's kind of mucky. And so when I'm working with a client around pricing, a lot of times we're trying to get their their packages closer to either 5 or to 10 because the human brain wants to round it to one of those numbers. And I'll give you an example. So for a long, long time, I charged around $5,000. So I think the first, the first package there was like $4,500. And um, then I raised my base from 45 to 49, and then from 49 to 2250, 2250. All of those numbers are so close to five, the brain automatically is rounding it to 5,000. And so then when I started to raise up from there, I think I tried to start at 6250. And it just wasn't working for me for some reason. And so when I started to feel resistance there, instead of lowering back down to five, I raised to 7,500. From there, I raised to 10 or 12,000. From there, I raised to 25,000 as a starting price. So to think in terms of tiers, it doesn't work at that level to raise a thousand by a thousand by a thousand, or if you're lower in pricing, like 100 by 100 by 100 because our brains are wanting to be closer to these kind of anchor numbers. So going back to that 5,000 number, if you're charging, if you're wanting to charge about 5,000 for wedding photography, you could charge 4,900. If you're wanting to be on the the side of, oh, my budget's 5,000, but I'm saving a little bit with this photographer here. Or 5,250, if you want to feel, uh, to feel like people are, are paying a little more than they thought they were going to, but it's still close enough to five that they want to stretch. So you get to make that decision based on kind of how you're wanting to interact with your client, how you're wanting them to feel when they hire you. Do you want them to feel like they're getting a deal or do you want them to feel like they're splurging a little bit? So even some of that can be really um, helpful when we're going into pricing things of deciding which side of that we want to be branded on. Because our pricing is part of our branding. It's part of what we get to communicate to the world about what we do and how we do it and who we work with and how we show up in the art that we're showing up in and our experience and the level of client experience that we're giving. So our pricing is a whole part of that big picture. So a lot of times when I do a pricing raise, I'm not just doing a couple hundred dollars at a time. I'm making a big intentional choice based on a lot of different factors that we'll talk about in this episode. I just doubled almost everything that I offer in price. I doubled the price instead of inching it up because it was all tied to values that I hold really dear, a way that I want to work with clients, um, a belief that I actually was undercharging and a lot of the things that I was already offering and I needed to match my price up to the level that I was offering for people. So you may be in that place too, where you realize, man, I've been doing this for a really long time and my prices are not reflecting, are not matching the experience that I'm giving to people. Lots of clients I work with are in that boat and they come to me and I'm like, 
listen, you are just way too good to be charging what you're charging. Let's really look at this and figure out how to get your prices up so that it can be reflecting what you're already doing. Another tip with pricing psychology is to create a anchor package or a big, like everything you offer needs to be in one of your packages. Um, So a lot of times I see people only offering one base offer or putting a starting price on their website. And what you do when you're putting that on your website or you're only having one starting package is people's brains get really caught on that number. Um, So if you say my weddings start at 3,500, they see that number and have a really hard time moving past that number. What an anchor package does if you're working with, um, with packages is shows that there is this big package that you offer. Gosh, that sounded dirty. There's this, everything that you offer is in one of your offerings. And so it really makes everything else look, um, look affordable by comparison. It's anchoring that larger price for them. Um, instead of having it anchor at the cheapest that you offer, the lowest that you offer. Um, so that helps kind of expand what people are expecting, expand what they can expect, what they can uh, think about, what they can dream about. Um, so it's not just helping you, it's also helping them of being like, oh, there are all these other options I didn't even consider. There's more value that I could add to my package. There's these other things that I could, you know, dream about as it comes to my photography or my graphic design or whatever kind of business that you own, you're helping, you're helping someone think bigger when you do this. So I also just want to say that there is something really inspiring about you taking a courageous leap to claim your value to the world and in the marketplace and in front of your peers. There is something that that expands the energy for everybody around you. It gives other people these opportunities. It sets other people's visions on something beyond what they had dreamed of. So just know that taking courageous leaps also expands people around you. It also expands your clients. I was um, I was considering being in a coaching program. I've done a bunch of coaching programs for myself because I love coaching. I love growing. I love meeting someone and getting to see up close how they run their business. Um, and I, I've done one that was a 25 grand program. That felt like such a huge number when I did it. And it was so expansive for me. And I just reached out about another one and it was 50 grand. And there was something about her claiming that and having that courageous price where I was like, well, shit, like this person is expanding my view of what is possible in my profession. And so when we do that, when we take scary leaps in our own profession, we also get to expand people's views of what's possible in our peers and for our clients. Um, like, like it was exciting for me to see her charging that and to consider paying her that. Um, so just know that it also helps the people that we're working with and the people around us when we claim that, um, that place in the market, when we say, hey, I have this level of expertise and I'm ready to go for it and I'm not scared. Oh, that feels good, right? So I'm just maybe being the bug in your ear telling you to think about it. Maybe it's time to make your own scary move in the marketplace to really claim that position um, that you probably already are and just don't realize it. So 
Anyways, that's my pep talk. Let's move on to the next section. So part two, moving on from pricing psychology, is how do we really make something valuable? What really makes something valuable? Is it just that we, you know, I think we get this idea that we're sitting over here being like, I don't want so-and-so to think that I just am so great and I'm just like, oh, you should pay me all this money because I just think I'm the best person ever. You know, I think that's what holds a lot of us back from charging more is like, who are you to do that? You know, we get that little snotty voice in our head that's like, who are you to do that? And just assume that's what people will think of us when we start making big pricing jumps. But we do want to ground what we're offering in something that is really valuable. We never want what we're charging to be way weighed down on the other end and the value that we're delivering isn't weighing it back on the other side. So we need that balance. So I, I reference this a lot. Harvard Business Review has a pyramid of values that is shaped like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and it kind of has all these elements of value divided into sections based on kind of basic human needs. So you can Google this. It's Harvard Business Review, Elements of Value. It's a chart. I use this all the time. So the bottom level of the pyramid is functional value. So if you're familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it says all humans have the same basic fundamental needs. The bottom is like safety, you know, our physical needs. We need to be um, fed and to be safe and to be clothed and to be sheltered. And those are basic needs. And then as we move up, we need love and belonging and acceptance. And as we move up from there, We want to become the best version of ourselves and to grow and to aspire to bigger and better things and to help people. And then up at the top is like self-transcendence where we're becoming this best version of ourselves. We all have these needs. Um, And as as the lower rungs of needs are met, we are then allowed to move up the pyramid because our brains let us focus on higher and higher you know, cognitive functions. So this elements of value pyramid is structured similarly. Functional is at the bottom. Emotional um, is the next rung up, then life-changing, then social impact. So at the bottom, there are things like saves time, saves money, um, you know, has makes things easier, reduces stress. As you move up, there's, um, you know, provides access, is fun, is entertaining, is, um, you know, has all these emotional components. And the next step up with life-changing is affiliation and belonging, becoming the best version of yourself, kind of this like self-actualization. And then up at the top is the self-transcendence. So when we are thinking about how to add value into our business, we can look at all the different sections of the client journey and say, how do we add as many of these elements of value as possible into each section of our client journey? What I mean by client journey is you have the pre, like how people experience you online, on your website, like the pre-reach out. This is like the dating where people are swiping and are like, okay, kind of like this person's vibe, kind of don't, you know, I'm always going to relate it back to dating. Um, And then you have the next section, which is where someone comes to your website and they click and they fill out your contact form and they reach out and then you're talking with them. Like this is the next section. How can you add as much value as possible to that section? 
And then you have the next part, which is the time between when you connect, connect with them and work with them. And then you have the time where you work with them. And then you have the time after you work with them. And then you have the time following up after the after the after. So it's this very long journey, especially if you are a wedding photographer or a photographer at all. A client journey is long. It's a long relationship. And it starts way before most people realize it starts. So if you can, um, and it goes way farther than most people think that it ends. So if you can add as much value as possible on each of those sides and in the middle, um, you are creating more value around what you do. And you can confidently say, I am worth the price that I'm charging because I have created so much value for the people that are working with me. Does that not like super inspire you and get you lit up? Like I just feel so lit up talking about it of like we can use our gifts and talents to create so much freaking value for people that it changes their lives and then we can charge the amount of money we need to charge that it changes our lives. That is so freaking cool. And this is why I love talking about pricing is because it's this beautiful exchange, this generous give and give, and it's just amazing, right? So on the opposite side, when we're always trying to undercut someone, when we're always thinking in fear of, I need to lower my prices because no one's booking, like that energy just starts to squeeze the life out of us. And I'm not saying this from a place of never, never done this. I've, I've definitely lowered my pricing out of fear. And I know that it never feels good. It builds resentment. It brings in people that are not aligned to me because I'm just grasping at straws. So so let's breathe through this together and step into that expansion together. That feels so exciting to me. I hope it does to you too. Two more things I want to mention on this because I made notes about them and I feel like I should mention them is there is often a main thing that your client needs and it's not what you think. So when you can, if you can figure this out, if you can figure it out by yourself, great, with a journal and a pen. If you can go back through your client reviews, great. If you can work with a coach that can help you figure this out, there is one main thing that your specific client needs that's probably not what you think. And when you figure out what this is, it changes every way that you talk to your client about the work that you do. It just changes everything. And it creates something so much more valuable because you're really pinpointing that thing for people. So I want to encourage you to find your thing because most people's is different and it's going to be something specific for you and your client. And the other thing I was going to mention is that you want to have one thing that you can communicate over and over again that you do differently that matters to your client. So make it simple for people. Figure out your elevator pitch Figure out the one thing that you can really hit home. You can really drive home um, because people aren't going to hear if you try to list 10 things that you do well. Like you need to find the one thing that matters the most to them to talk about. Moving on to our next section. I sing on coaching calls. It's fine. Okay, so this section is about how to figure out what you want with your life, your goals, your lifestyle goals, um, why you started your business in the first place for whether it's freedom or for extra time or to be there with your kids or to travel or whatever that is, figuring that out and then working backwards. So this is not the only way to figure out pricing, but it is one way. And I think it can be helpful to at least set some goals for ourselves. So as an example, 
Um, maybe you have a full-time job, and so you only want to do one shoot a week max or take on one project a week. So, okay, you need to say how many weeks in a year can you take a shoot, uh, how much money do you want to make from those shoots in a year, and then work backwards to find a price. I need to make X amount per shoot. Um, so just some quick back of the napkin calculations there. Or I want to do 10 weddings a year because, and you have to have the why, like why you just, it's not just some random number. It's like, well, because I want to have, um, you know, two or three weekends every month where I can go to my kids' soccer games or I can hang out with my friends or my spouse has a full-time job, so I want to hang out with them. Or just like it feels like life happens on the weekends and I don't want to be working every weekend. So picking that number and then being like, okay, so to make this X amount of goal number after my expenses, I need to charge X amount for each wedding. So it's kind of that like working backwards. Maybe you want to take two months off in the summer to be with your kids while they're out of school or to go to Italy and eat pasta for a month, two months, you know, like having those goals will help you set some of those pricing as you work backwards. Okay, so here's some other random ones just to get you thinking. Um, I want to shoot one weekend a month and uh, the rest just on weekdays. I want to take Christmas time off every year. I want to live a month in every country, in another country every year. Um, I want to take the summer off. I want to work two days a week or two nights a week. Or, you know, any of these can be things that you can start with and work backwards from. And it'll help give you at least some idea of a range for weddings, shoots, projects, like service-based projects that you can then either set as a goal of, okay, $10,000 is what I need to be making per wedding. I'm not there yet. How can I start working towards that so I can do the 10 weddings a year for 10K? Or I can do the five weddings a year for 20K. Or I can do the 20 weddings a year for 10K. Whatever that is for you, start to set that goal so we know what we're moving towards. Tied with this is regularly evaluating our capacity. Our capacity is going to keep changing over the life of our business, and I don't think people talk about this enough. And the reason I'm really passionate about it is because I've had an autoimmune disease. I've had a high-risk pregnancy. I've had a really tough baby with a lot of colic that didn't sleep. Um, I've been a breadwinner. I've been a single parent. I've lost a parent. I've had all kinds of things happen in my personal life. And my capacity is just not what a lot of people's is. Like I have never been able to shoot 30 to 40 weddings a year, nor did I ever want to. Like my capacity is just different than a lot of people's and it's changed a lot depending on what's going on in my personal life. So um, when we have people that we're working with who are going through something tough, we say, hey, we need to look at how your capacity has changed and we need to adjust your pricing based on that. If you're used to being fully booked with six shoots a week, but you're going through something really tough, we really need to change that and figure out how to give you more space to deal with the thing that's going on in your life because you matter most. Really, you do. Like Your health and your well-being matters number one. So make sure you're regularly checking in and evaluating your capacity, and it's okay to change your pricing when your capacity changes. The more, um, the less available something is, the more valuable it becomes. 
And none of us can be available 24-7. That's just not how human beings work. So I want to send you a lot of love if this part is really hitting hard um, because we want to keep having our level of work match with what we're wanting. And we need to make sure that we're either adding or taking away as we're figuring out what's working for us in each season. This can also work the opposite way. I've definitely had clients who have been like, I'm kind of bored. I think I want to work more. And like, great, you know, either adding something personal or more work into your into your calendar is great. And we can always brainstorm ways to add more. But a lot of times I feel like the thing that's harder for us is taking away and creating space and learning to get a little uncomfortable with some some quiet, right? Especially for entrepreneurs. We just have figured out how to go, go, go and are not great with slowing down and resting and taking care of ourselves. And I think if you feel that way, that's a lot of us. Okay, the next part I want to talk about is keeping expenses low and predictable. Our profit margins really matter. They're really important. You can definitely bring in 100K and spend 100K And that doesn't help us hit most of our goals that we're going to have. So knowing how much we're making for each wedding, shoot, or project. um, This is a call out for film shooters because I empathize. I've definitely spent every cent that I've made on a wedding before on the film. (laughs) So just make sure that you're setting a budget and knowing what you're going to be paying per thing that you're doing so that you make sure you're paying yourself first. Um, I've really loved the book Profit First. I didn't read the whole book, honestly, but his system where you pay yourself first and then you decide what expenses you're going to do from each thing after that, like that really helped a lot of things for me. It was like, I can't stop. I can't not pay myself. That's something I feel like a lot of creatives do is really, oh, we love the art. We love the all these things. We want to do all this fun. It's for, you know, it's for creativity. La la. And that's great. But like we do still have physical needs. So make sure we're paying ourselves first before we get carried away and doing all these other fun things. So know your expenses for each project. Figure out where we find ourselves going over budget. And then what policies do we need to change to accommodate contingencies? If we see things going over a lot or travel ends up being way more than we thought, like, is there any policy we can change that accommodates the contingency plan? If something goes wrong, if something happens, um, I, my car broke down on a way to a wedding the other day. I mean, this, I obviously don't charge my client for this, but like I had to immediately go and like rent a car and drive the car up to where the wedding was. And that was a really unexpected expense, um, just out of the blue. So make sure that when we're pricing things, we also plan for like kind of the worst case scenario. And then every six months reevaluate spending based on your goals there. Um, sometimes we might want to invest in education, new gear, workshops, conferences, what investments line up with what you're focusing on. So not everyone's the same. This is my cycle. I find myself in kind of waves. I have like an extrovert cycle and an introvert cycle. So in my extrovert cycle, I'm a guest on a bunch of podcasts and I'm speaking at conferences and I'm putting myself out there and I'm networking with all these people and extrovert, extrovert, extrovert. 
And then I have like a hard swing into my introvert cycle where I'm working in my business and I'm designing a new course and I'm not leaving my house and my cycles really need to line up with where my money is going. So in the introvert cycle, I'm investing a lot more in certain things and in my extrovert cycle, my growth cycle, where I'm doing all the harvesting and the pushing and the, you know, the hustling a little bit. I hate that word, but you know, like a little bit more of the outward stuff, the outward work hiring coaches, all these things. And then the introvert where I'm making sure my systems are good and my accounting is good and my family and my health and my self-care and all these things are good. Um, So that's me. That might not be you, but figure out your own cycles and pair up your spending um, with those cycles so that you kind of like start realizing how those go and making a plan for them. The next thing I want to talk about, and we just got a couple more here, is um, planning for the slow months and regulating our nervous system. These should probably be two different things, but I put them together. So when you raise your prices, um, a lot of times we might get less bookings, and that's kind of normal. We, one, probably did this to to shrink our volume a little bit. Like I was working too much and so I raised my prices so that I did less weddings and then our nervous systems freak out because we're not getting booked at the level that we were before and ah, you know, and you're kind of having to let your body readjust to a different pattern. It's like when you're on a treadmill and you're running at a certain speed and then you slow it down, you're like, what's wrong? Why am I going so slow? So just realize that our nervous systems need a second to catch up. If you've been used to running, When you slow down, it's not going to feel normal for a second, and that's totally normal to feel that way. Um, So when you raise prices, you might get less bookings, especially at first, and that's kind of part of it. So make sure that whatever you need to feel safe is already set for you when you're making a pricing raise. So if you're a person that needs a lot of safety and security, make sure there is savings in the bank. Make sure that there is another income stream somewhere. Make sure you have your needs taken care of so that you can withstand some people saying no to you, people not hiring you at first, and getting into that groove of that new pricing so that you're not just like instantly flip-flopping back to your old pricing when you start freaking out. So go in planning, how can I make myself feel safe? How can I stay grounded? What self-care things do I need to make sure that I stay really steady through this transition? Um, And who do I need to hang around to remind me that I'm worth charging more? We need people around us to remind us why we're making those moves, why we're doing something challenging or moving into this next space. Um, We really are who we hang around, right? So Have people that are going to keep you grounded and remind you of your goals and your vision and why you're making this scary, uncomfortable jump in the first place. I promise that is so, so valuable is to have those people in your corner. And my very last point in this talk today is finding aligned partners and taking good care of them. When we're raising our pricing, we're going to be really we're going to come up with the fact that like not everyone is for us and that is okay. There are certain vendors that aren't going to want to work with you and you're not going to want to work with them. There are certain clients that aren't going to want to work with you and maybe you're not going to want to work with them. There are people that might say you're too expensive. There, there's just things that are going to happen like that. And so we need to really work on finding the people 
that we love working with, that have shared common values, that see the world that or that want to see the world the way you see the world, and that really, really love working with you and you love working with them. I promise that we all have these aligned partners and clients. We just have to speak clearly enough to find them. Again, going back to dating, I really do think that everyone has a person at least, if not many people out there who are really lined up with them. Um, And we just need to speak clearly enough about what we care about that they can find us and we can find them. So reminders here, quality over quantity when it comes to aligned partners and aligned clients. We don't need to have everyone hire us. We don't need to have every vendor out there wanting to work with us. We just need the right ones. So for years, most of my weddings came from like three or four people from specific clients that connected me with all their friends, specific vendors that we just really loved working together and really jived and we had similar goals and just like take really good care of each other, grow together, over deliver for them, create opportunities for each other and always lead with generosity. And I promise you will find so much fulfillment in this price raise, in this new level, in working with these new aligned clients and vendors. And a lot of it takes time. So I just want to send some love there. And, um, and when, when we have those moments of feeling rejected, just remember that our people are out there and we're not for everybody. And that is okay. Actually, that is a beautiful thing. So pricing raises are about generosity. We create more and more ability to give our energy, our time, our creativity, and our talents to our clients, ourselves, and our family when we create viable pricing structures and strategies. And I hope you know that you are worth it. Wherever you're at in your path, keep expanding into the next season. There's a real magic when we're growing and creating. It shows up in our relationships, in our business, and in our happy creative souls. So I'm excited to see us all expand into 2023, to see the new exciting things that are coming, the hard things that are coming, the challenges. I believe there's so much beauty for us on um, on the other side of the new year. So I'm so glad that you're moving into it with me. Thank you again so much for listening to our 100th episode. I cannot believe We did this together, and I'm so glad that you're here and that you keep listening and sharing these episodes. Guys, this podcast is my own act of generosity, so I hope that it feels that way to you too. I'm so glad you're here, and I hope you have a really, really beautiful week. This episode was produced and edited by the lovely Jen Madigan Creative. Music for this episode was written and recorded by Jamie Lono and Shammy D. Thanks for being part of our Dangerous Creatives podcast community, and we'll see you again next time.